0: The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com.
1: Hey y'all,
2: Alan here. We're so excited to share this next leg of our journey with you. And if you want to keep up with all things Myria, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Myths of Myria. If you enjoy the show, consider sharing it with your friends or if you have the time, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to us is a great way to show your support. If you wanna show us even more support though, head on over to lasmediagroup.com and sign up for LAS+, which comes with a whole mess of bonus content, ad-free episodes, and post-show wrap-ups, and, and more. Oh, thank you so much for sharing the precious pieces of your time with us. And without further ado, welcome to Myria. Bondog, Lilith, Val. You stand around a dead dragon in front of you. Bondog, the liquefied remains of your last friend here beneath it. As we stand here, Bondog doesn't really have a description of either Val or Lilith. Why don't we go ahead... And give a quick description of Lilith for Vondag, for Jason specifically. Probably Jason might need
3: it more than, <laughs> sure. than Vondag does. So Lilith is in um, the body of a youngish looking female halfling, mm-hmm. um, wild curly hair, yep. um, black in color, black eyes. Um just a very basic tunic that almost looks like a uniform, but not yeah. that specific, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, really nondescript clothing.
2: Maybe it was a uniform at some point, but right. there's been like personality injected yes, into it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, but something about her is just off. Yeah. She looks like a halfling, but she doesn't feel mm-hmm. like a halfling.
2: Bandag, as you look
4: Actually, you know what? I'm going to give you that description after Val gives you a quick
2: oh, okay. description as well. <laughs>
3: uh,
4: so Val um, is wearing this, what was at one time a nice cream-colored shirt uh, with these purple pants with a yellow line down the side. He has a vest and a golden tie. Yep. A purple bandana, yep. but a large one, yeah. is covering up the right side of his head yep. down to about his cheek. Including his eye. Yes. Yeah. Um, And you see... Uh, in this, above this slanted bandana, the shaved off, a shaved off horn, mm-hmm. um, his eyes are, the whites are black, but the iris is gold, mm-hmm. uh, in a shade that matches his tie. And only one eye, the left eye. Only, only yep. the eye you can see. Um, and then he has long white hair at about shoulder length.
2: Mm-hmm. And there's the the mask that you have on yes, top. Yes, he's got yes. this... this the, uh, black, the black mask that you stole from Naomi. Black bird-looking yes. mask on top of yes. his head. Yes, yeah. Um, and it has actually, oddly enough, horns itself that kind of wrap around on, on top of it too. Um, uh, additionally, one other thing you see on Val is a giant, like, blast hole in the side of his chest, like on his pectoral. Oh, yeah. Um, Additionally, Bandag, as you look over towards these people... You have a moment where your stomach kind of drops and you see them and it's like you're in your dreams. You you sit there for a moment and and you take a look. Specifically for you. No, it didn't seem like, you know, Mortimus, if he saw them earlier, he didn't give off any recognition of anything like this. You know this is specifically something that you see in other people. Mm. You've seen things like this before that no one else can see. However, these people are giving off this, like, almost, like, sickly green, blue, teal, like, wafting of smoke coming off of them every once in a while. One that you associate with things that have experienced life beyond the grave. Hmm.
5: Huh.
4: As you are all here, what do you do? Um... Val will approach the orc. Yeah, kind of hands up, putting his deck away. Um, are you okay? Is everything fine? Are you? Do, do you need assistance? I, I'm sorry about your friend. I. Kind of saw what what happened. I'm just studying him.
2: Okay, you you are studying the dragon or, or Val. Val. You see once again that same description. He just um I, nothing I changed.
3: Don't know if he. Lilith is going to get up shakily from the ground and be like, this is the craziest Day. Oh no, you did really good though. Oh my god, what are we doing here? Um, what is this? Is every day like this on the mort uh, Oh no, my god! I, and she's just is... gonna sit down and just be a little shaky, just a
1: little, just a little. Lilith, out you of it. stare
2: up at the sky. You lay down on the ground, sprawled star formation, uh, and <laughs> you you just kind of take a moment. You drop your bow to your side, and it's like it's so odd. It's it's uncomfortable, like everything kind of worked for you back where you came from but now you're like oh man this quiver is super uncomfortable to lay on and so you have to take it off and put it to your side and you're like oh man all of this clothing is super tight and it's annoying also, and the stone is also down also
3: that dragon just hit me <laughs> yeah with his tail <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: and
3: <laughs> like, what the hell is going on you stare
2: up into the sky and you've never experienced the sky of Miria before as you look up Um, uh, Very recently, the sky of Miria has changed. At one point, Miria had two moons. Now, instead of any moons, it has a formation of asteroids that weave around it in a ring, and those are lanced together by this magical set of tethers. Instead of something like Saturn's rings, it's actually these large asteroids, and it almost looks like... A woven together almost like um like a spider web of different asteroids that circle in a single band
4: around the world.
3: This is the craziest thing I have ever seen.
4: Um when the dragon hit Lilith, yeah. did what did Val see? Because when the dragon hit Val, Val saw that smoke. Yeah. Did he see anything when it hit Lilith? It, oddly enough,
2: it slammed into Lilith, met resistance, and then <laughs> passed through her and then oh, she she recorporealized back into the same form weird
4: yeah um no I, I mean i think you did really well um it could have been a lot worse we could have been very dead but we're okay
3: how do you do this how do, is this your life is this what you do
4: no this is uh, this was definitely the first dragon i fought um i actually don't think i would have there were no dragons right you have seen very few dragons in your life. Uh, yeah. Um, so no, this is new for me too.
2: Yeah. I don't think you've ever seen. Th- were, I can't remember. Were you around to see Ferroglacient? I think you were. Oh for no, just a, you're right. Yeah. Moment. No, sorry. This is my yeah. this is your my second, second dragon, dragon of all time ever. Yeah. It was yes. the last thing I saw. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I um, don't. I don't like them. Quickly, Bondog. What What are you doing right now? I want to hear some of what Bondog is thinking. What he's doing right now. These things or at least maybe like some noir monologue of what's going through Bandag's head. I want to hear some of that.
6: I am standing at the intersection of the dragon's neck and head. Mm-hmm. I am wilted, mm-hmm. tired.
2: It's Yeah, probably exhausted. Uh, I am
6: studying... The two images before me being this.
2: Is this a is this a hostile study? Like are you holding your axe? Is this like no. something a defensive for Bogdan?
6: The axe head is on the ground. I am okay. just holding. I see. I am absolutely wilted is the yeah. best phrase I can yeah, think of. Yeah,
2: of course. Do you keep your stone on your back, or do you drop it for relaxation? No, the stone never... Never leaves. Never leaves. Okay. Um...
4: Alright. Sorry. I just wanted um, to hear a little bit of that. Uh, do you know where we are? Do you know where we are? Val says, looking first at um, at our friend... What's, what's his name? How do you pronounce it? Bandag. Bandag, thank you. Is that you. correct, Jason? Yes. yes first at Bandag, sure. and then Lilith,
3: why the hell would I know where we I, are? You're the one
4: who knows how to use the well, I guess you don't know how to. I use don't the know
3: how to. We're um, she's gonna roll over and just put her hands <laughs> in the dirt,
4: yeah. And your new cloak covers you up perfectly <laughs> so no one
2: can see you. Uh, Val looks in up, five minutes is so there's sky above us. There is sky above you, yeah. You are at the top of a tower, and as you look, as you walk to the edges. You can see miles in any distance. You can almost see the curvature of the planet. It is high, high up. You are almost three, four hundred feet in the air. It is massively high, higher than you've ever been in Ebonvale. It's it's huge. And you can see now that if you look directly down, first of all, you feel a little bit of like, whoa, well, okay, this is a little high, uh, and second of all, you see a small city that is built around the base of this tower that kind of sprawls outwards
4: from it in many different directions. Hmm. Um, do, do you know where we are? You're dead. I Lilith y- is gonna sit up. I mean, yes, I am, but that's not the question. Andag, this is odd.
2: This is the first time you've ever seen a creature like this actually do something Hmm. to a creature in the material realm because all the other ones have been shades, things that can't interact with materiality. But these ones, you can see them. As As they walk, you see them make divots in the dust that was kicked up. These things are here. These visions exist. They are corporeal.
4: What are you? Um, my name is Valros Visago. Oh,
3: that's nice to know.
4: What? Did you not know that?
3: (laughs) No. Oh, yeah, Valros Visago. Uh, It's nice to know that. He does a
4: little bow. Um, I, uh, died back in Evanvale under weird situation, uh, circumstances. Um, I woke up dead, um, and... What's the, Lilith, what is the best word? Escaped?
3: I still have no idea how you got into Farrier's Village. I um, have no clue.
4: Yeah, I saw a friend. He, like, reached and pulled me out. Hmm. Um, anyway, uh, then we fought some specters, stole some stuff, popped out downstairs, walked up, saw you, saw a dragon, thought you might need help.
6: Do you know how to bring back the dead?
3: Lilith is going to stand up the thing you are asking for that's not possible
6: then why are you in front of me
3: we are not alive I know we look it but believe me I would know
4: are you not alive are you dead too
3: it's complicated but no I am not
4: yeah I I just kind of lucked out I, I don't know how I'm here. I don't know how to Locked bring... out.
3: You are foolish, and you talked me into this crazy thing, and I don't even- <sighs>
4: I'm, I just kind of remember running. Uh, you said, let's break into Naomi's house, and I was like, oh, okay. I...
3: Sit. no such- <clears throat> <laughs> She's going to turn around and walk a few paces away. Um,
2: You walk a few paces are... away, and you hit the edge, and you also <laughs> visualize no. how high up in the are... air you are. <clears throat> are
4: you trying to bring someone back?
6: How did you get here?
4: Um, I honestly don't know. Uh, I show him the cut. You see a medallion,
2: um, like a golden coin that's on a necklace that seems to have some sort of, um, clasp around um, the coin holding I, it into the necklace. I was a
4: spirit. They were trying to take me somewhere. I'm guessing whatever spirits go. Uh, I ended up somewhere I don't think I was supposed to be, and I just kind of went a different way. Uh... This made some creatures angry. We stole this, and we're able to use this to jump here.
2: Um, All the time he's describing this to you, he holds the cut, utilizing it as his prop for describing what it could do.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it does, uh, but if you're looking to bring someone back, I mean, if I, if I'm back, I know what she said, but like, I can't this. I can't imagine it's completely impossible. There's got to be a way.
6: Hmm. How did you... How did you materialize matter if you're
4: dead? Oh, um, that's a good question. I tried to use magic uh before, and I couldn't. And then we got here, and I had this, and I suddenly could. Um, So maybe with this, and Val takes the... The cut. Um,
2: no,
3: don't, don't, don't do that. Put it, put As it back you, on. as you
2: start to take the cut off, like your feet start to, like sink into the ground ever like so back slightly. To the
4: future disappear. It, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, seeing that, Vel quickly puts it back on. You put it back on, and <laughs> you've become corporeal and he goes, again. This, I <laughs> guess.
3: Lilith is going to heave a very deep sigh. The cut. Is what enables the farriers to go back and forth from the material plane to the in between. What she said. Nothing more, nothing less. At least I thought so.
6: I am going to look up into the sky uh, and uh, mumble in Orcish.
4: Okay. Um, who who did you lose? Everyone.
3: Lilith is going to stand up, walk over. Mm -hmm. She's going to put her little hand around his big orcish one and say, they are well. I don't know how to assure you, but the farriers will take care of them.
2: Lilith, as you put your hand, on this person's hand. As you walk up, you look into these eyes that I'm assuming after mumbling into the sky, peer back down at the creature coming towards you. And as you look into these eyes, these are the eyes. You've seen these eyes many times, right? You've seen at seeing hundreds of people, hundreds of thousands of millions of people come through. You've seen these eyes, the ones that have spent not just too much time, but too much of themselves, trying to just stay in a place where they, where they aren't lost in the material realm. Right? These eyes have seen many things, and beyond, beyond just that, they've seen many other eyes go gray. Right? These are the eyes that outlive too many people.
4: Where? Where are we?
2: We're at the top of the world. Does that phrase
4: mean anything to me? Um, roll me a history check. Uh, Fifteen plus one. Sixteen. Sixteen.
2: You haven't heard too many people describe um, something as the top of the world. However, you do remember at one point there was an uh, an Orkan man who you saw pass through from the north through Ebonvale at one point. Um, you know, you were just going through life earlier in your years, um, and you heard that they were traveling to the top of the world, right? Um, and you asked, uh, and they told you that that is what their people called the Tower of Destiny towards the east of Antilanon. Uh There was, there is a tower there that people say, oh, you reached the top you go there, and, and you find your destiny, uh, and basically no one has ever done it. And they usually will go there, get as far up as they can, and then take hang gliders out of the windows of, of the tower so that they don't actually die continuing going up. Um, you are at the top.
4: We made it? You, you made it. Apparently. Apparently. I mean it's a nice view. What did did you find anything? Death. I look around is there anything else around here? Puddle,
2: dragon, stone, air, sky. Bandak, it it, it mulls in your mind. You it's almost like you've been going for for a year, a whole year. You you keep moving constantly. You have to be on your guard all the time you take a breath and it's the first time in a year you've ever felt like that's it, that it I don't feel like I'm I have to fight right now but but the cost was, was high the cost was really high and as you stand here you, you thought you'd feel like relief or, or something or like there was a moment of, of hope for what like truly could be something that you, we could say that Bondog is looking for and then these two people came up here and you won and i think that bondog is kind of in this moment you have this like this thought of is this what was supposed to happen is this is this destiny or is this just another cruelty
1: hmm. um
4: Knowing what Val knows, he rushes to the southern side of the tower and mm-hmm. wants to see if he can see Ebonvale from uh, it would actually be the w- the western side
2: of the tower, because Ebonvale is far off to the west. Oh the, it, okay. the tower is towards the east of Antilonon. Got it, okay. Um you look out, um, and it, it must be incredibly far east because mm-hmm. Ebonvale is you can't see it at all. It's very far away.
4: Shit <sighs> Um Well, I'm sorry for everything you've lost. I'm glad you made it, I guess. I don't know what happens next. Uh,
6: I bellow. Yeah. in an orc. Lona kuna kolon ankalza orkek. And I'm dropping my axe and I'm falling on my knees.
4: Uh, Val just kind of (laughs) steps back.
2: This very foreign language, this like unknown like moment. Obviously, this orc in front of you is still processing, right? And as you hear this, you hear this drag on a cigarette, just... (sighs) You see this white hat appear from behind the dragon. Bandag, you see this happen as you fall to your knees, and you hear, well, luck, death, and destiny. What a group.
1: Oh, I'm starting to record. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I love (coughs) it. Hey! Hey! It's season two! Season
6: two! Of
1: What Do You Want to Talk About? The podcast where two friends take turns surprising each other with topics to talk about. That's
6: right. She's Lindsay, and I am Jason, and we are both parents and comedy writers.
1: Yeah, it's like Pollyanna meets
6: Friedrich Nietzsche.
1: Yeah, or I—I like, uh, I would assume that's correct. Yeah, I don't that's know pretty, that person. Pretty, pretty correct. Yeah. I think. yeah, it's like flowers meet
6: the stuff that people pile on, you know, grave sites and your, your, bodies and your things. Dirt. Well, you know, that's dark. And we've added a new segment to the show called the Rando Mo. It's a random moment because we want to know what you want us to talk about.
1: And you can send in your ideas and suggestions, and we put them on little pieces of paper, and we put them in a jar, and we shake them up, and then we don't have any control over what we are then told we need to talk about. You decide. Yay!
6: If you want to decide, you can send it to laspodcastnetwork.com slash what do you wanna, W-A-N-N-A.
1: This podcast comes out every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you can find your podcasts.
6: This show was produced and distributed by LAS Podcast Network.
1: To support this show and other shows like it, subscribe to LAS+. Plus.
6: For more, you can visit laspodcastnetwork.com slash Plus,
1: You can find our podcast anywhere that you get your podcast hit, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify.
6: Or from that creepy dude with a top hat and a trench coat eating that Reuben sandwich that's just half soaked in mayo in the dark alley. Nice. He's the guy with the good podcast.
1: Just be that you score your podcast in a dark alley with a guy wearing a trench coat. Reuben. Mayonnaise? You brought mayonnaise into the mix. Yeah,
6: it should have been Thousand Island. <gasps> it was such a mistake. It should have been Thousand Island. Can you put something together from all that? Or do you want, you want me to do one more?
0: <laughs> L.A.S.
7: Hello, guys. My name is Devin Green, and this is The Innovative Creative podcast dedicated to helping designers and clients better understand design using an alternative way of thought. I've been designing for 16 plus years and I felt that people need this knowledge. Whether you are a new or an experienced designer, I can give you tips that can better help your design journey. I also know that clients sometimes have a hard time working with designers. This is my way to help clear the confusion. Join me on your favorite podcasting platform as I dive into design tips, communication tactics, and much more. I release episodes every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on my website at InnovativeCreative.fm and wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is proudly produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. The Innovative Creative is free to listen to. But if you want bonus content and to support local creators, subscribe to LAS+. For more information on that, head on over to LASPodcastNetwork.com.
0: L-A-S
2: Her Shadow You Wake up? I mean, not Shadow, because Shadow doesn't sleep But, um, it's almost Like rest, right, in a way, right Her, you do sleep Oddly enough So But it's like a deep, deep sleep
5: This really is A fantasy game
2: you You wake up and you feel rested, and it's it's odd because you've been sleeping on metal mm. the entire time um you wake up and you're still just sitting in shadow's lap, kind of careened against his torso Shadow you've been watching her and then back to the the cottage and then around you get that same description that I described the sky. Mm-hmm. The moss, the pond, all of this. Her you wake. Galad is still hard asleep on the ground.
8: Mm
7: -hmm.
2: Both of you are
5: conscious. What do you do? Uh, I look down at Galad, and then I look over at Shadow, and I'm like, is he dead? Are you sure he's not dead? And I put a hand on his, like, Side to see if he's breathing. You
2: put your hand like kind of down and as you do so you pass it in front of his mouth and you feel like the air pushing out of his nostrils so he's definitely alive. Never mind.
8: (laughs) Yeah, he's he's fine. It's just rest that he's needed for some time. He pushed himself or has been pushing himself hard. He just was smarter than I was and didn't happen to have a run-in with an ice dragon. You do know, Shadow, that when an elf
2: sleeps because they've been exhausted for too long, it's actually normally much longer than other mortal beings sleep. So, for example, a, a normal mortal being when mm-hmm. they sleep each night is like eight hours, mm-hmm. like for good rest. Um, you know what a dream. Uh, so, <laughs> but we 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 have that normally. Um, however, when an elf sleeps, they usually usually sleep upwards of. 12 hours. Oh boy. So,
8: yeah. That being said, if we wanted to get to the cottage, I might have to hoist him up. and wouldn't want to leave him here no. by himself.
5: Nah, no, I'll carry him. Don't worry about it. I and I flex my muscles <laughs> that are non-existent.
8: <laughs> oh, we'll get you trained up somehow.
5: Uh, I mean, I got my books.
8: Levels in Fighter win?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Wizard fighter Me and my 24 HP about to punch some people <laughs> 12 AC let's go <laughs> I, uh,
8: I start to kind of get up And help you kind of get out of my lap area mm-hmm. And then I um, look down at my brother mm-hmm. um, And then I start putting my hands underneath him And cradling him
4: Yeah
5: I forgot to ask, what did Shadow look like? Because I know that there was some stuff that happened.
2: Yeah, so Shadow's armor right now, I don't think you really, like, tried to take it in last night. Um, It was just the presence was comforting and it was familiar, right? However, when you look back, his armor, everything he's wearing is, like, black. Mm -hmm. And, and, like, this almost, like, blued, you know how, like, titanium blues, like, when you heat it up? It's like his armor is like black and then portions of it are like blued titanium. All over, it is just like this densely dark material. Is
5: it malformed at all? Um,
2: Not necessarily malformed, no. Um, I I don't think it it, it is. Um, However, as you do look at his armor, you see pieces that look like they have been grafted on. Like his left pectoral plate um, has basically the same golden trim that Wars had, as you can now tell that some of War's armor has fused on top of Shadow's armor.
5: Um, I just go up to him and I like put a hand on where War's armor is, and I just say, What? I don't actually I don't even think she has anything to say now that I think about it. Mm. She just puts a hand on it and like stares at it sort of entranced
8: I'd uh I feel like this would be happening as I'm like trying to hoist my brother up mm-hmm. as I'm like like kneeling down and I'd look down at you doing that and uh not look at your eyes just yet and say she wasn't ready but we will be next time.
5: I don't think anybody And she just looks at Galad.
2: Shadow has since picked Galad up, Mm -hmm. and Galad is heavy in sleep and definitely not waking up, even though you you pick him up and you've jostled him a fair amount, you've kind of rearranged his arms uh, (laughs) so that they're not dangling outside of your... Um, your grasp, uh, and he, he's it's very clear that he is in deep, deep trance sleep
5: um, I hold up my bag to you and I just say well, you got a new paint job so this just makes painting you easier because now I can use my white paints more effectively
8: It will contrast, that's for sure Yes let's Let's go to the cottage or whatever this is
5: Come on, Come
8: on, I don't Come on, know that she needs to be alone that much longer. But we'll find out.
2: The stone path that curves around the pond, um, you take that, and you walk all the way around, you get up to the door. Once again, it's just moss and vine that has been trimmed away, um, and ever so slightly recently, some more has started to hang down in front of the doorway. Um... You approach the door. It's this dark, um, almost wooden texture, but it's it's not grainy like wood. Like you press your fingers against it and it doesn't splinter out. It just kind of like pushes in and then it like rebounds outwards, almost spongy like.
8: Mm-hmm.
2: What do you do?
5: Can I knock on the door?
8: Yeah, I'd, I'd look down to her and just if you could.
5: Abaddon!
8: There are
2: a myriad of knocks on the door, uh, Abby. And you turn over towards the door and realize again after taking a sleepful rest that you locked the door.
0: I'm a Um kinda of stumbling, maybe knocking things over, I'll mm-hmm. get up and meander to the door and unlock it.
2: You hear a latch kind of come open and uh, Abaddon stands in front of you at the door. In uh, Elvish, I would look at her and say, hello, friend. You hear him say some language that you do not understand. Uh, d- dark. Yeah, Eve, you oh, really? you do you so. Yeah, yeah. I think we've actually gone over this in the oh other in the <laughs> other session. You were like, I say something, and then Abaddon's like, "What? <laughs> oh my god! Do you remember that when we had that oh, first conversation? Yes. And yep. then like you were like, I'm going to say something in Elvish, and then Abaddon was just like,
8: What did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's friend in. What, our language was. I thought it'd be of comfort. I'm sorry, I forgot.
0: No, it's, in, um. Abaddon, without inviting you in, is just going to turn around and walk backwards and go, can you spell friend in our, um, in our, and you'll see her try to get a piece of parchment that is littered everywhere to mm-hmm. write down what you just said. Can you can you spell the word friend in
8: in our language? I can, but do you happen to have a, a bed that for, I don't know if you know who this is to me. And I hold the the body mm-hmm. of the man that was talking to your mind, but
0: oh, um, no, it's just, just gonna kind of flail a hand around and be like, yeah, just yeah.
2: There, there are a couple cots in the corner, um, with some fur blankets. Uh, as you step inside, actually, the cottage interior is made of mortared stone and wood, um, or what well, maybe is wood, placed yeah. in strategically enough places to hold back the earth that has gracefully receded to allow a modest hovel to take place. And purchase in this embrace. Various planks of this wood-like material uh, covers the walls as well, each with a different title. Uh, one plank reads "Ripple Bark," and on it grows shelf-like formations that resemble masses of decaying flesh, but it has a smoky, nut-like fragrance. Uh, another reads Trilimac, and it looks like large portions of fungus cap have been nailed to it. Many different dyes have been applied to this fungus cap in different areas, all taking extremely well to its initial light gray leathery color on a cork tipped nail beneath the wooden slat or the the what is almost wooden slat uh, in all of it uh, rests um, a a dark purple piece of clothing. Uh, and a note nailed to the board directly above it that reads, It is just tough and flexible enough to be made into a hat, but it's not appropriate for things that suffer wear and tear. The most it could endure is a small, water-resistant poncho, so for a special little girl's tenth birthday, we ordered a caplet in her favorite shade of dark purple. The ground seems like it used to be some sort of almost... Wood, but it's since rotted over. This is actually wood at this point, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it seems like it's rotted and has been covered by the moss that Abaddon makes with every step. Sleeping arrangements in this place are sparse, but it is interesting enough to note that there are two cots with fur blankets covering them, which you set Galad down on. Um, These are tucked into the corner and almost seem like they're an afterthought to the construction of this place. Um, Across from the cots are two large tables, that seem to be made of some exotic material. Obviously not wood, but it seems to resemble that same material on the walls. Um, You can surmise sturdy fungi at this point. point. Like some sort of sturdy fungi is creating all of the strong material here. Mm -hmm. Both of these tables are absolutely strewn with material braced on their right side with a bookshelf. One of them is covered in animal bones and various hides of different beasts. You see jars of solution on the rightmost table, one looking like it's clear and unused and a few others murky and opaque, hinting at the fact that whatever they had in them was dissolved long ago and forgotten. And in their dissolution, it became only remembrances of great knowledge being learned. Large, leather-bound notebooks, very similar in style to Abaddon's almanac, are left open, dried-out quills placed in their seams, and half-finished sentences, leaving these books almost more empty than if there had been no words at all. The bookcase is filled with various knick-knacks of jars of dusty material. Most prominent, though, are a series of animals. Obviously, getting better in carving quality the, over the course of them being sequentially made. Each of them carved from some sort of uh, same similar woody material. The last thing you notice in this room is Abaddon, Abaddon's nook, just on the other side of the uh, of the the desks. There's a hearth made of stone, and they their corner sits in a like a mossy furry. Portion of the room, only now recognizable as an almost undeniable inspiration for their corner in the cell in Eden. As you turn back to Abaddon, you see that in their hands they cl- clutch a green carved flump, obviously one of the figures carved from that same set of animals on the, on the uh, bookshelf. This one is worn, pieces of it are broken off, and it is obviously the worst carved one out of all of them. But nonetheless, it is the one that Abaddon has chosen to hold.
5: Is this your
0: house? Uh, sorry, we... I, I've never had anyone... any guests before, so I'm sorry I left... Yes, this is, this is my house.
5: It looks really cool. How'd you me. do that? I mean this she gestures vaguely everywhere.
0: Um well and then um Abaddon in uh their hand will open the portal and if I can I'm gonna I'm just gonna steal something from somewhere randomly, just like a, a-
2: So for this specifically um, as we've talked about this, I have uh, imagined you having to be outside in that space okay. and then dropping whatever you want okay. into this space. Okay. Basically the same way that you dropped her in, you'd have to do the same thing to basically okay. get that into here. So.
0: Okay. Um, uh, the portal thing.
5: Uh, this is really cool. I told <laughs> you heck? you should
0: wait for the bands to come off to see it.
5: Okay, you will write still, this is really cool, and I like this place a lot. And what do you have in your hand? She you uh, points at the flumph. Flumph's
0: colors change when they, to reflect emotion.
5: What's a flumph? What's
0: a flumph? Yeah, what's a flumph? Um, <laughs> Abaddon's gonna run back over to their corner and grab their almanac.
8: Okay. As they're doing that, I'm gonna look around, and are all of the carved animals, things that are from the Underdark?
2: Uh, it looks so, yeah. On on the bookshelf, you see, um, yeah, a series of them. Do you want to go check them out? Um,
8: right now, I'm going to look around, actually, sure. and just s- smile. Um, and as she, she's, they're running back to, to her, mm-hmm. um, just... It, it's a it's an interesting reminder of home. Yeah, I think
2: oddly enough, you start to like kind of look around and like this place feels so familiar. Mm-hmm. Like really, like not not necessarily that you've ever been here before, but like the fungi feel familiar familiar. The stocky plants feel familiar, Trilomac, Like something ignites in your brain and you remember, oh shit, a lot of our clothes were made from trillamac like things like that like it's just like all of these neurons are firing from
8: like lives long before lived mhm um as you're running over to her I, are these all things that you've carved to remind you of your home
0: Uh more carved for me
8: Oh, so you haven't done the carving of these at all? I.
0: It, it was more of a a passion project of someone
8: I used to know. I'd look around at like the structure of the home. Mm-hmm. Is this something that you made, or was made for you?
0: In. I suppose it was made in tandem with others. Um, m- my powers are a tool, um, and I don't necessarily have the skill to build a house, but I can. I can use my my powers to to help those who can move things to here. So I've made this place, and Abaddon will broadly gesture to everything, mm-hmm. but it's the, it's the detailing I am not fortunate enough to have created.
8: I'd, uh, look down to, like, a blank scrap of paper, mm-hmm. and then, um, if there's, like, a writing utensil or a piece of charcoal or something nearby, Yeah, I'd, uh, uh,
2: you, you kind of, look look around, and there are some writing utensils, um, Ninety percent of them look like they. <laughs> you look down at the at the table, mm-hmm. and uh, there are there's that quill in the center of that book. However, it's completely dried out. And you look over and you like see an ink pot, but the ink pot hasn't been capped, and all of that ink has dried out. And everything here is like pretty dry. Um, you do spot a small piece of charcoal that kind of like sits in the center of one of these desks, but it's like kind of covered halfway by some paper, but you do see it there and you, you can take it if you'd like. I'm gonna uncover it with my hand and grab it gently. Um, Shadow takes these papers on one of the desks and just kind of g- gently pushes them aside and ruffles all of, the, all
8: of the things
2: on it and grabs this charcoal from it.
8: And I'd look to you and just put the paper down in front this is friend, and I would write out in Elvish mm-hmm. what friend is, and then I'd push that over to Abaddon.
0: Abaddon forgot what they were doing for her. I forgot it's all good. why I was walking away, um, transfixed on the on the new knowledge and the new thing being taught to her from. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see Abaddon kind of almost regressing in a childlike way, mm-hmm. like to learn in this space feels overwhelmingly familiar to them. Mm -hmm. So they're just like and then they can you can you repeat the word again?
8: And then I repeat it.
0: And then I butcher it. It's absolutely the worst you've ever heard someone speak. Oh it near offensive. (laughs) (laughs) I it was
8: it's okay. I you probably haven't had to speak it in some time and Neither have I. This one over here, and I'd point to. uh. my brother. You may know him as. someone. someone that helped inspire hope in you to escape from prison. And that's fantastic. That one is my brother. And is my family. And I hope that you can learn to call him friend, as I've now learned to call you friend.
0: That day in the cell was you reuniting.
8: It's been some time.
0: I will be frank with you, that was the most confusing, and I was (laughs) in that prison for a long time, and a stranger was talking to me in my head, and that was still the most confusing interaction I've ever seen in my entire life.
8: And I'm sorry for both of you for having to go through that and being confused.
5: This okay. is the first time. Well, it I wasn't was your fault.
0: We were in the prison. Well, I guess at least it wasn't your fault. I was there. I don't. I don't know yours. It wasn't
5: circumstances. It wasn't anybody's fault. Don't worry about it.
8: He's going to need some rest.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He can. Yeah, that's what beds are for.
2: Abaddon, you look down after you read this piece of paper, like you kind of just, dis- like you, you, at, in your own words, regressing into this space of joy and wonder, staring down at this piece of paper, learning something new, like fascination with gaining new knowledge. It's, it's joyful. And then you look over at your father's desk and, Everything has been moved around, and it's a little jarring, but, like, you're having to grapple with the fact of, like, this joy that you're feeling, and, like, what the movement and, like, removal of this almost disorganized organization is. As you check that desk, you remember you haven't touched your father or your mother's desk since they stop being in your life. And when Shadow moved those, it's like a little piece of the last things that your father touched left this world. And it's hard because you find sorrow in that, but at the same time, Shadow picked up this piece of charcoal and he paid homage to that legacy in doing so and he gave you he gave you this knowledge and this this care with that legacy your father left pieces of charcoal on this on this desk and though pieces of what he had is now gone even in these small things Grief is so difficult to grapple with in so many different ways. There are pieces of those people that leave us that we never are going to get back, and slowly over time, bits of them leave the world in small ways. You know, things they last touched, words they last spoke, remembering their faces, all of these things fade in time. But it is something special to watch that fade into an expression of love and an expression of care, um, I think for a moment you feel some anger at it being moved, and then you look back and you see this word just written in in, uh, in under dark common, in under common, and in under elven, and you look at it and it's very, I don't know, it feels a little bit maybe like the closest thing to that feeling that your father and mother had when you were out exploring with them in a long time?
0: You know, you would have really liked, well, they would have loved you, the the people that I, my parents. um, God, they would have, you would have hated how many questions they asked you. You speak languages they know nothing of. Sorry, I am. I haven't been back here since, um. uh, When. When I was. When I was taken to Eden, I had. I had gone topside for the first time. And. Um. I, I. I came home to. I came home to see my parents again and and men who looked like you had taken them from me already. And, but I find it very funny that a man who looks like you could give a piece of them back to me right now. Thank you. But if you touch anything else in here, I'm gonna beat the fucking shit out of you. <laughs>
8: <laughs> I uh, cautiously put the charcoal back on the desk. You try
2: and put it back exactly where it was and it starts rolling off the side and you grab it and you kind of like make a mark on the desk and you're like, I, um, um, and you put it back I pressed to digitate it off. Okay. <laughs> um.
0: Oh, Frumps, right. Fr- flumps. Um, and I just run over to the <laughs> no, corner, no 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 no. Okay. And I grab the almanac and you watch Abaddon just like flip vigorously through um, and I her- turn and I don't even give you space. I am about an inch away from her face and She's I hold the book open dude, yeah. right. in your face and I go flumps. They turn they turn green when they're curious. Um and then I grab um there's another There's a second flump. There's a second flump. And um, it's uh, it's pink. I put that one in hers hand.
2: It looks much better carved than the first one. <laughs> yeah.
5: What do, can you tell me? What flumps look like?
2: Wait, I have a picture.
5: No, but we need the audience to know. I you
8: oh yes, using flump is an explicative. No, like, f- oh flump. Flump is a
2: real work, is a real thing that in D anD D. They're like they're like jellyfish, but like with tentacles, and they kind of fly around in the underdark. They look like spaghetti monsters. They're like of. little yeah, they actually are kind of like little spaghetti monsters. But they have like yeah. eye stalks that come yes, off of their heads exactly. so their
0: eyes like move yes. around independently. They're like the Muppets. Uh, the Martians <laughs> oh. from uh, oh, Sesame Street. You're, You're right. right. Yep. You're right. Yep. Yep.
2: <laughs> oh, adorable.
0: Um,
5: what is the rest of them?
0: And I put I put the the pink one in her hand and I go, Amusement. Pink is pink is amusement.
5: Now that's somebody I could get along with. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it look like this? And she like, <laughs> sort of like touches the eye stalks. What a weird way to live. Oh, fascinating creatures. You should do. Do you read? She holds up her journal. Do uh, I read?
0: And then uh, Abaddon will hold the almanac out to you and go. You can.
5: Here. Oh my. Um Flump you just reminded me and she opens up her book and digs around in her bag and tries to find like a pencil or pen or something You find
2: a writing utensil.
5: I have to write some things down actually. Now that I I have I have this idea for you'll know when I'm done with it. Um this has been really nice and she looks over at Abaddon. I need to write some things before I forget them. And she goes and sits next to Galad and opens up her journal and just starts mm-hmm. scribbling.
2: The second cot is free, and so you sit down. <laughs>
5: the first cot you have to pay for, Yeah, the but first the co- yeah, cot exactly. is free. <laughs> I won't get one.
2: So you do <laughs> so. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for listening this week. We are hoping you are liking the spliced episodes between both teams, and there's just so much to cover in Myths of Myria right now. A quick moment for shoutouts at the end here. Shout-out to listener Drew, who has been messaging us tons about how much they love Flickr and how they really enjoy the plot lines of Season 2. Thank you so much for giving us your positive feedback, Drew. It means a ton to us. If you would like to be given a shout out, you can also message us on Facebook and Twitter at Myths of Myria or send us an email at Myths at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening to our podcast, and we appreciate you so much. Until
3: next time.
0: The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com.
7: L.A.S.